0: أشهد الله لا إله إلا الله
1: after reciting the shahud Ta'uz and surah al-fatiha hazrat khalif the V, fifth stated the last sermon that i delivered in this series of sermons relating to the badri companions of the holy prophet sallallahu was delivered in germany during which i narrated the account of hazrat abdullah bin abdullah bin Obay bin salul when i finished i was speaking with regards to abdullah bin ubay bin salul the father of hazrat abdullah in relation to the battle of uhud when the holy prophet sallallahu after accepting the request of the youth decided to go out of medina to fight the enemy abdullah bin ubay and his companions also went along in the beginning But after reaching the valley of Mount Uhud, he rebelled and returned to Medina with 300 of his followers, saying that Muhammad, the Messenger of Allah, did not listen to my advice of defending against the enemy while remaining in Medina. He also stated, what sort of fight is this? This is merely tantamount to killing ourselves. He said, I do not want to kill myself. Nonetheless, there was hypocrisy in his heart from the beginning and a hypocrite always displays cowardice. And this became evident on this occasion. Hence, after his departure along with his followers, the total number of Muslims was reduced to 700. In spite of this, when the fighting began, the Muslims had the upper hand and they were close to gaining victory. However, towards the end, due to not fully acting upon the commandment of the Holy Prophet and due to leaving the valley, the Muslims suffered a heavy loss. Now I will present some details of the demeanor of Abdullah bin Salul after this battle and how he began to utter hurtful and contemptuous remarks about the Holy Prophet wasallam and other Muslims. These details will also highlight the love Hazrat Abdullah had for Islam and the Holy Prophet wasallam. It also proves that nothing stopped him from taking any kind of action against his own father if he attacked the honor of Islam and the Holy Prophet With regards to how he began to mock others, Hazrat Mirza Bashir Ahmed Sahib has written in Seer Khatam al nabiyin After the battle of Uhud, the Jews and the hypocrites of Medina, who had become somewhat awe-stricken as a result of the battle of Other, now became relatively bold. As a matter of fact, Abdullah bin Ubay and his supporters openly hurled mockery and taunt on this occasion. However, the Holy Prophet ﷺ would always overlook their actions. Upon witnessing the kind treatment of the Holy Prophet, instead of feeling ashamed for their actions, they increased in their brazenness and impudence. The audacity of Abdullah bin Obey, the chief of the hypocrites, and the love the Holy Prophet had for his son, Hazrat Abdullah bin Abdullah as well as the level of Hazrat Abdullah's loyalty and sincerity can be gauged from the following incident. In the fifth year of Hijrah, whilst returning from the battle of Bani Mustalik, the Holy Prophet remained in Moresi for a few days. This was the name of a well of the Banu Mustalik. However, during this day, an untoward incident took place, which almost led to the outbreak of civil war between the weaker Muslims. However, the wisdom and the magnetic influence of the Holy Prophet wasallam saved the Muslims. It so happened that a servant of Hazrat Umar anhu, <laughs> Jahja, went to the main spring in Murasi to fetch some water. Coincidentally, another person named Sinan, who was from among the confederates of the Ansar, arrived at the spring as well. Both of these individuals were ignorant commoners. An altercation ensued between the two of them at the spring and Jahjah struck Sinan. That did it and Sinan began to scream and shout, O people of the Ansar, come to my aid. I have been beaten and attacked. When Jahjah saw that Sinan was calling his people to his aid, he also began to call for his own. O Muhajireen, come hither, run. When the Ansar and the Muhajireen heard this voice, a multitude of them rushed towards the spring with their swords in hand, and before they knew it, quite a large horde of people had gathered. Certain ignorant youngsters were about to attack each other, but a few wise and faithful Muhajireen and Ansar arrived on the scene in time who immediately separated the people and reconciled between them. When the Holy Prophet ﷺ received news of this, he stated that this was a manifestation of ignorant conduct and expressed his displeasure. In this way the matter was settled. However, when news of this occurrence reached Abdullah bin Ubay bin Salul, who was also present in this Ghazwa, this evil man desired to revive the disorder. He greatly incited his followers against the Holy Prophet and said, This is all your fault. It is you who have granted refuge to these strangers and allow them to rule upon you you still have an opportunity to relinquish your support for them and they shall leave themselves eventually this wretched man went so far as to say la ira ja'ana ila la al azu إِلَى الْمَدِينَةِ الْأَعَزُ مِنْهَا الْأَذَلُ This is mentioned in Surah Al-Munafiqoon of the Holy Qur'an. Meaning, just wait and see. Now when we arrive to Medina, the most honored man or people shall exile the most disgraceful person or people from the city. At the time, a sincere young man from among the Muslims named Zayd bin Arqam was present. Upon hearing these words regarding the Holy Prophet ﷺ from the mouth of Abdullah, he became restless and conveyed news of this incident to the Holy Prophet ﷺ through his paternal uncle. Observe the level of loyalty and sincerity shown by even the children and they would remain vigilant. And they had an understanding of what was right and wrong. Nevertheless, at the time he conveyed the message through his paternal uncle. At the time, Hazrat Umar was sitting in the company of the Holy Prophet, and upon hearing these words, he became inflamed in anger and indignation. He submitted to the Holy Prophet, saying, O Messenger of Allah, grant me permission, I shall behead this hypocritical and seditious man. The Holy Prophet ﷺ responded, Let it be, Umar. Would you like people to spread the news that Muhammad kills his own followers? Then the Holy Prophet ﷺ summoned Abdullah bin Ubayy and his followers and inquired of them as regards to this matter. They all swore that they had not said such things. Some from among the Ansar also interceded and submitted. Perhaps Zayd bin Alkam may have been mistaken. On this occasion, the Holy Prophet ﷺ accepted the statement of Abdullah bin Ubay and his followers and rejected the submission of Zayd. Upon this, Zayd was deeply grieved. But Quranic revelation was later sent down in confirmation of Zayd and the hypocrites were declared to be liars. I the verse I recited previously. The Holy Prophet summoned Abdullah bin Ubay and his followers to inform them of this confirmation and instructed Hazrat Umar to order an immediate departure. It was noon, and generally the Holy Prophet Wasallam would not depart at such an hour because due to the climate in Arabia this was a time of intense heat and it was extremely difficult to travel at this time However, in light of the prevalent circumstances the Holy Prophet considered it best to depart at once Therefore, according to his command, the Muslim army prepared to depart immediately. It was perhaps on this very occasion that Usaid bin Hudayr Ansari, who was a very renowned chieftain of the Aus tribe, presented himself before the Holy Prophet and submitted, O Messenger of Allah, you do not normally march at this time of day. What has happened today? Why have we set off in the afternoon? The Holy Prophet ﷺ said, Usaid, have you not heard the words of Abdullah bin Ubay? He says that once we arrive to Medina, the most honoured individual shall cast out the meanest. Usaid radiyallahu anhu spontaneously said, Indeed, O Messenger of Allah, you may certainly throw out Abdullah from Medina. By God, it is you who are the most honourable. And it is he who is the most disgraceful. Then Usaid went on to submit. O Messenger of Allah, you are aware that prior to your arrival, Abdullah bin Ubay was very revered amongst his people and they were about to accept him as a king. But this was mixed to dust when you arrived. Due to this reason, his heart harbours jealousy towards you. Therefore, do not care for his nonsense and forgive him. After some time, the son of Abdullah bin Ubay, whose name was Habab, but the Holy Prophet sallallahu changed it to Abdullah, i.e. the companion who is being mentioned, and he was a very faithful companion, presented himself before the Holy Prophet ﷺ in a state of concern and said, O Messenger of Allah, I have heard that you intend to execute my father on account of blasphemy and sedition. If this is your verdict, then permit me, I shall sever my father's head and place it before you, but I urge you not to command anyone else. I fear that a tinge of ignorance may flare up in my body at, at some time. I may cause harm to the executioner of my father and fall into hell despite longing for the pleasure of Allah. Meaning that although he desired nothing but the pleasure of Allah, yet he did not wish to enter hell owing to the killing of a Muslim. The Holy Prophet calmed him and said, We have no such intention. Rather, in any case, we should demonstrate compassion and benevolence towards your father. However, Abdullah bin Abdullah bin Obey was so incensed against his father that when the Muslim army set back for Medina, Abdullah Anhu stood before his father and blocked his passage, saying, By God, I shall not permit you to return until you confess with your own tongue that the Holy Prophet sallallahu alaihi is most honored and you are the most disgraced. Abdullah pressed his father to such an extent that finally he was compelled to say these words, upon which Abdullah left him free to proceed. Ibn sa has mentioned this incident in the following words that when the Holy Prophet instructed the companions to set out, the son of Abdullah bin Obay, Hazrat Abdullah, blocked the path of his father. He dismounted from his camel and said to his father, Until you declare that you are the most wretched and that Muhammad ﷺ is the most honorable, I will not leave you alone. When the Holy Prophet passed by, he said, Leave him. The Holy Prophet saw this and said, Leave him. I swear by my life, we will most certainly treat him kindly for as long as he lives among us. This is written in at tabqat Al-Kubra. Apart from this, it is also mentioned that Hazrat Abdullah's father, Abdullah bin Ubay, said, al يخرجن minha Minhal azal That is, the most honorable individual or party will expel the most wretched individual or party from the city. Upon this, Hazrat Abdullah said to the Holy Prophet, O Prophet of Allah, he is the wretched one and you are the honorable one. The son said this about his father. Then, the great calumny which was raised by the hypocrites was in relation to the incident of Ifk. The main instigator of which was Abdullah bin Ubay bin Salul. The incident relating to Ifq occurred on the return from the battle of Bani Mustalib, in which a licentious allegation was raised against Hazrat Aisha. The instigator of this accusation was Abdullah bin Ubay bin Salul. I have already presented the details regarding the incident of if in a sermon towards the end of last year. However, I will present some details in relation to this here as well. The narration of Hazrat Aisha is the same, and I will present a portion thereof. She says, "It was a custom of the Holy Prophet that when he intended to embark on a journey, he used to draw lots amongst his wives." Then he would take along with him the one on whom the lot fell. On one occasion, before Al he drew lots in the same manner, and the lot fell on me. Thus, the Holy Prophet وسلم, took me along. This was the time when injunctions on Parda had already been revealed. Hence, during this journey, I would sit in a litter, and it would be placed on the back of a camel. This was a seat which was covered on all sides with drapes. Wherever halt was made, it would be placed on the ground. When the Holy Prophet ﷺ sat back after having finished from this Ghazwa and we approached near the city of Medina, one night the Holy Prophet ﷺ ordered a departure. When I heard this announcement, I left to one side away from the army in order to attend to the call of nature and returned after I had finished. When I returned to my camel, I found that my necklace, which was made from black gemstones, had been lost. I went back in search of it and was delayed a short while. In the meantime, those who had been appointed to lift my litter and place it on the back of the camel arrived. And assuming that I was in the litter, lifted it and placed it on the camel, and marched on with the army. In any case, when I returned after finding my necklace that had been lost, I returned to the same place where the army was stationed, but found it empty. I became extremely worried, but I thought to myself that I should remain at my place, because when people realised that I had been left behind, they would surely return. But I thought to myself that I should remain at my place, because when people realised that I had been left behind, they would surely return. Therefore I sat on my spot, and was soon overcome by sleep. Now it so happened that Safwan bin muttal Zakwani was a companion, whose duty was to stay behind the army, so that fallen items etc. could be revived. When he arrived from behind the army and reached my resting place just before dawn, he found me sleeping there alone. Since he had already seen me prior to the revelation of the injunctions relevant to Parda, he recognized me immediately and said, Inna lillah. I was awakened by his voice. Nonetheless, after this he brought forward his camel and made it kneel close to me, and we set off until we finally reached the place where the Muslim army had set up camp. We reached in the height of noon and this was a time when everyone had retired to their camps for brief rest. She then says, This is the account due to which those who were to be ruined, ruined themselves. i.e. those that were to raise this allegation. The key proponent who was responsible for spreading this slander was Abdullah bin Abay bin Salul, chief of the hypocrites. She then says, After this we reached Medina and it so happened that as soon as we arrived I fell ill and this illness lasted for one month. During this time the forged statements of the slanderers were noised widely and rumours were spread. However, until then I had absolutely no notion of this calumny. One thing I did notice however was that during my period of illness the Holy Prophet did not extend to me the usual affection and kindness that I was accustomed to. He would enter and only extend the greetings of peace and inquire about me. She says that she had no idea of the rumors that were being spread. She says that one day she went to attend the call of nature along with Umm Mista. In those days, in order to attend the call of nature, they would have to go outside. It was then that she related to me about what was being propagated. After this, when the Holy Prophet came to visit me as usual and asked, How are you feeling? I submitted. O Messenger of Allah, if you permit, may I go to the home of my parents for a few days. The Holy Prophet wasallam granted permission and I went to them. As such, I went to my mother and inquired about what people were saying. My mother said, O oh daughter, worry not on account of what they say. People often say such things. I spontaneously said, Holy is Allah, Holy is Allah. Are people actually saying these things about me? She then says, I began to weep and my tears would not stop. I did not sleep all night. At dawn, I was still weeping. She says, This was when I discovered the allegation the people had raised against me. Thus, the slander continued, and the Holy Prophet ﷺ sought advice from some of his companions. Hazrat Aisha says, One day, the Holy Prophet called Burida, who was the personal maid of Hazrat Aisha, and inquired, "Burida, have you ever seen anything in Aisha as may be considered suspicious?" Burida responded, "I have seen no such thing. I swear by that God who has sent you with the truth." I have never seen anything evil about her, i.e. the biggest shortcoming she witnessed in her was that, except that on account of her young age, she is a bit careless. It often happens that she leaves the dough exposed and falls asleep, while the goats come and consume it. It is only carelessness and nothing more, or that you would often feel sleepy. Upon hearing this, the Holy Prophet addressed his companions on the same day and informed them about the conduct of Abdullah bin Abay bin Sulul. The Holy Prophet said, Is there anyone from among you who can put an end to this? I have been given great grief with respect to my family on account of him. By God, I know nothing of my wife except piety and goodness. Moreover, I also consider the man who has been mentioned in this connection to be pious i.e., the other companion who was accused. He has never come to my house in my absence, and he always came when I was present. Hazrat Aisha further narrates One day, the Holy Prophet addressed me directly regarding this matter, upon which I replied, By God, I am aware that certain things which people have rumoured about me have reached you, i.e. the rumours that people are levelling against me. Hence, if I advocate my innocence and God Almighty knows that I am indeed innocent, you shall doubt me. But if I accept myself as being guilty despite my being innocent, you shall believe me since the rumors had become so widespread, most people had become convinced. And even some of the companions were saying words to this effect. She then says, By God, I find myself in the situation of the father of Joseph, who said, فصبر That is to say, patience is better for me. And it is Allah alone whose help I seek against what people assert. This is mentioned in Surah Yusuf. She says, After this, she moved to one side and was hopeful that God Almighty would provide proof of my innocence, i.e., that God Almighty would certainly inform the Holy Prophet of my innocence in this matter. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha then says, However, by God, shortly after the aforementioned incident took place, the Holy Prophet had not left this sitting nor had any other person of the household left. Azad Abu Bakr and the mother of Azad Aisha was also present. When he was overtaken by the state of which he would experience upon the receipt of divine revelation, i.e. his body would be overcome with sweat. She then says, after some time the state left. The Holy Prophet sallam, smiled and looked towards me, saying, O oh Aisha, God has affirmed your innocence. At this my mother spontaneously said, O oh Aisha, get up, thank the Messenger of Allah. I said, Why should I thank the Holy Prophet? I am thankful to my Lord alone. God Almighty had revealed the following. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ جَاءُوا بِالْإِفْكِ رُسْبَةٌ مِنْكُمْ إِنَّ الَّذِينَ جَاءُوا بِالْإِفْكِ رُسْبَةٌ Minkum i.e. verily those who brought forth the lie are a party from among you. Nevertheless, despite all of these matters, her innocence was proven. The Holy Prophet made an announcement as a verse was revealed in the Holy Qur'an by Allah the Exalted. As a matter of fact, Hazrat Aisha used to say, I thought that Allah the Almighty would inform the Holy Prophet through a dream or through some other means. However, I did not expect a verse of the Holy Quran to be revealed in relation to this. Hence, this matter came to an end and such allegations continued to be raised and various acts were carried out. However, despite all of this, how did the Holy Prophet wasallam, the mercy for the whole of mankind, Treat this chief of the hypocrites. When the father of Hazrat Abdullah, i.e., Abdullah bin Obey, passed away, Hazrat Abdullah requested the Holy Prophet to lead his funeral prayer. He also requested the Holy Prophet for his shirt so that it could be used as a burial garment for his father, so that his punishment may be reduced in this way. Upon this, the Holy Prophet ﷺ gave him his shirt. In another narration, the following words are found that when the father of Hazrat Abdullah passed away, i.e. Abdullah bin Salul, Hazrat Abdullah presented himself before the Holy Prophet ﷺ and said, Please grant me your shirt so that I may wrap it around my father as a burial garment. Please offer his funeral prayer and seek forgiveness for him. Upon this, the Holy Prophet ﷺ gave him his shirt and said to call him, when they had made the arrangements for the burial. When the Holy Prophet ﷺ was about to lead his funeral prayer, Hazrat Umar عنه, submitted to the Holy Prophet وسلم, saying, God Almighty has forbidden you from leading the funeral prayer of the hypocrites. The Holy Prophet ﷺ replied, I have been given the option to seek forgiveness for them. Thus the Holy Prophet وسلم, led his funeral prayer. But thereafter, once the complete prohibition to lead the funeral prayer of such people had been revealed, the Holy Prophet ﷺ never led the funeral prayer of the hypocrites. According to another narration, when the Holy Prophet ﷺ arrived, his body had already been lowered into the grave. The Holy Prophet ordered it for it to be taken out and placed Allah bin Ubay's head upon his lap and then placed his blessed saliva into his mouth and prayed for him. The Holy Prophet وسلم, then took... Off his upper garment and placed it upon him. In another narration, related by Hazrat Jabir bin Abdullah, states that after the Battle of Badr, when the prisoners from among the disbelievers were brought, Abbas radiallahu anhu was also taken as prisoner, but did not have any clothes to cover himself. The Holy Prophet ordered for an upper garment to be found for him, and everyone decided that Abdullah bin Abayi's garment would be most suitable for him. The Holy Prophet thus gave Abbas this garment, it was owing to this reason that the Holy Prophet ﷺ granted Abdullah bin Ubay his own garment for him to wear upon his demise. Ibn Uyayna states that since he had afforded this act of kindness to the Holy Prophet, therefore the Holy Prophet also desired to return this gesture of kindness. Even though this narration is found in Bukhari as well, however, it does not seem to be an authentic narration. As the Holy Prophet ﷺ was the mercy for the entire world, Firstly, according to the opinion of some, he had not even accepted Islam at the time of Badr. Moreover, the Holy Prophet was a mercy for the entire world and has conferred upon him countless acts of kindness. And so even if he did, it was not the case that it was simply in return for that particular act of his. In my opinion, this expression of kindness was owing to his son, Hazrat Abdullah, who had shown great honour for Islam and the Holy Prophet on every occasion, he safeguarded his faith and even firmly treated his own father as well. Thus, in order to comfort and console the son or perhaps to fulfill his wish, the Holy Prophet ﷺ took off his garment and gave it to him. Hazrat Umar bin Khattab relates When Abdullah bin Obey bin Salul died, the Holy Prophet ﷺ was requested to offer his funeral prayer. Hazrat Umar has narrated this entire incident as well. When the Holy Prophet ﷺ was about to stand for the prayer, I quickly went before him and said, O Prophet of Allah, are you about to lead the funeral prayer of Ibn Abay? He had committed such and such act on such day. I then began to recount some of his ill deeds. However, the Holy Prophet ﷺ smiled and said, Umar, move out of the way. When I insisted upon this, the Holy Prophet ﷺ stated, I have been given the option in this matter and thus I have decided to lead his funeral prayer. Even if I knew that he would be forgiven if I were to pray up to 70 times for his forgiveness, then I would most certainly have prayed even more than that. Hazrat Umar relates, and so the Holy Prophet ﷺ led his funeral prayer and then returned. It was soon after that, the following two verses of Surah al bara i.e., Surah Tawbah were revealed. Wala tu sallli ala ahadim minhum mata abadan, wa la tukum ala qabrihi. Innahum kafur billahi wa rasulahi, wa matu wa hum fasiqoon. and never pray thou for any of them that dies, nor stand by his grave, for they disbelieved in Allah and his Messenger. And died while they were disobedient. Hazrat Umar then states, Thereafter I was shocked as to how I had the courage that day to stand before the Holy Prophet and to speak to him in such a manner because Allah and His Messenger knows best. This particular incident in relation to the account of Hazrat Abdullah ends here and I will continue the accounts of the rest of the companions in the coming sermons. I shall now mention some details regarding some deceased members, and after the Friday prayers, will also offer their funeral prayers in absentia. The first mention is of respected Amatul Hafiz Sahiba, wife of respected Molana Muhammad Ummul Sahib of Kerala, India. She passed away on 20th of October, at the age of 72, Inna لِلَّهِ Wa Inna ilahi was born in 1947 in Kerala. Ahmadiyyad entered the family of the deceased through her maternal great-grandfather who was among the pioneer Ahmadis of Kerala. The deceased had the opportunity to serve as Secretary Mal in Chennai and as Sadr of in Kerala for a long time. She was very regular in the recitation of the Holy Qur'an and in offering the tahajjud prayer and would also teach the Holy Qur'an to other Lajna and Nasrat members. She would observe all her voluntary and obligatory fasts. Right till her last breath, she greatly served Mulana Muhammad Umar Sahib. She was extremely hospitable and filled with passion to serve mankind. She was an extremely pious lady and had a bond of great love with Khilafat. Whichever mission house they were appointed to, she would serve the guests with great sincerity. Prior to her demise, she suffered three heart attacks. When she suffered the third attack, she told Mulvi Umar Sahib that the time of her demise was near and asked him to convey her salam to everyone. Thereafter she recited aloud Allahu Akbar, i.e. Allah is the greatest, three times and then passed away and presented herself before her Lord. The deceased was a Musya, and is survived by four daughters, she was also the mother in law of Munawar Ahmed Nasir Sahib, who is serving as a volunteer in the private secretary office, helping with the letters in Tamil language. Respected Mulvi Muhammad Umar Sahib writes After passing Molvi Fazal exam in 1961, I was first appointed to serve as a teacher in Madrasatul Ahmadiyya and then appointed to Hyderabad, where a particular incident also took place. In 1967, owing to extremely heavy rain in Hyderabad, a large section of the Jubilee Hall building had been destroyed. The first floor of the building was for the prayer hall, the second floor was for Lejnay maila and the mission house was on the third floor. Most of the building collapsed owing to the rain. He says, At the time, I was not present there. And when I arrived at the mission house in the afternoon, I was left shocked to see the entire building had fallen, except for a small corner of the building. My wife, who was holding our three-month-old daughter, Was stood on the third floor without any support. At the time it seemed that it was virtually impossible for my wife and child to survive. He says there was a large drop where she was standing and it was difficult for her to jump down and there seemed to be no means for her to escape. The fire brigade brought a ladder with them but no one was brave enough to climb up the ladder and save my wife and child. However, one of the firemen who was quite aged said that even if he had to risk his life to try and save the mother and child he would do so the elderly fireman then climbed the ladder and first rescued the child and brought her down and then rescued the mother thus in this way they were both miraculously saved Respected Mawli Muhammad Umar Sahib further writes that she supported him throughout with great patience. When he was appointed to Kerala, she served as the Sadr Lajna Emaila of the province for 15 years and rendered this service in an excellent manner. From 2007 to 2014, she stayed in Qadian while her husband was serving as Nazir islawar Rishad. During this time, she would visit Betul Dua every day and pray for long periods. She also had the honor of performing the Umrah in 2015. Umar Sahib writes, She would recite the Holy Quran daily after offering the Fajr prayers and would then also read the Ahadith. This was the daily practice of hers. Even the day she passed away, she had the opportunity to observe this practice of hers. She had a passion to study books of the promised Messiah a.s. and also had an interest in improving her general knowledge. Indeed, this should be the hallmark of a wife of a missionary and by the grace of Allah, this was present in her character. She understood the status of office bearers and missionaries and always showed them respect. She would ensure that there would be no shortcoming in her hospitality for guests. May God Almighty shower his forgiveness and mercy on her. May he elevate her status and enable progeny to become the recipients of her prayers. The second funeral is of respected Jodhri Muhammad Ibrahim Sahib, who is the former manager and publisher of the monthly magazine Ansarullah, Pakistan. He passed away on 16th of October at the age of 83. To Allah we belong and to him shall we return. In 1957, he was appointed as Secretary Ansarullah of Pakistan in Rabwa. In 1960, when the monthly Ansarullah magazine was initiated, the deceased was appointed as a manager and publisher, and he continued to serve in this role with great dedication until 2004. As part of Ansarullah Pakistan, he had the opportunity to serve as Office Superintendent, Naib Qaid Mamumi, Secretary for Southern Majlis, in 2003, he was wanted by police in connection with a false case. However, with my permission, he came to the UK and settled here. He even had the chance to serve in Majlis and Saulah here for approximately eight or nine years and was a member of the National Majlis I amla The deceased was Musi. He travelled to Rabwa prior to his demise. He was suffering from an illness and passed away in Rabwa. He is survived by one daughter five sons and several grandchildren. May God Almighty shower his forgiveness and mercy on him. May God Almighty enable his children and future offspring to continue his virtuous endeavours and also enable them to remain attached to the Jamaat and Khilafat. When he was serving as the manager of Ansarullah Magazine in Pakistan, Cases would be filed against him at every step. In total, twenty-six cases were brought against him, and he served as a si for one month. The third funeral is of respected Raja Masood Ahmed Sahib, who is the son of the late respected Raja Muhammad Nawaz Sahib of Pin Khan. He passed away on 19th of October after a lengthy illness at the age of 69. To Allah we belong, and to Him shall we return. Ahmadiyyad was introduced in his family through his father who had close ties with Raja Muhammad Ali Sahib, Nazir Bait-al-Mal between 1943 and 44. He brought them to Gardian to attend the Jalsa Salana and his father performed the bath at the Jalsa. The reason for him performing the Bait was not due to any proof or argument presented to him. Rather, it was due to an incident that took place. He says, When Hazrat Musleh was delivering his speech, I saw a handsome youth holding an unkempt child. The child had a runny nose, so the youth took out a handkerchief from his pocket and wiped the child's nose. He stood behind the stage all the while, while Hazrat Musleh delivered his speech. After a short while, when the child began to cry... Hazrat Muslimah turned around to see and then made an announcement that there is a child who is lost. His parents ought to come and collect him. He further says, I inquired as to who was the youth that was stood in immaculate attire with an unkempt child in his hand. He informed me that this was Hazrat Mirza Nasir Ahmed the eldest son of Hazrat the Masih II. And at the time, he was perhaps sadr al-Hamdiya as well. He then says, that this incident inspired him to such an extent that he thought all other matters to be of secondary issue and he decided to perform bath owing to what he had witnessed that day. Thus, the people attending jal Savannah salana have always been inspired by such incidents and performed the bath as a result of witnessing incidents like these. Nonetheless, Raja Sahib came to the UK in 1991 and was appointed as the first Sadr of Katwar Jamaat. He gave his house to be used as a Jamaat centre. Here he had the opportunity to serve as Kaidamumi for Ansarullah, Additional Secretary of and also the National Secretary of When I instructed for improvements to be made with regards to the Wasiyat scheme, Raja worked tirelessly for this and by the grace of Allah, he worked to improve the system for the Musiyan. He had a deep bond with Khilafat and would always show respect to the office bearers of the Jamaat. He was regular in offering his Tajah prayers and would pay his Janda open-heartedly. He would offer Sadqa, look after the poor and needy and was very friendly. By the grace of Allah, he was a Musi. Aside from his wife, he is survived by one daughter and two sons. May God Almighty shower his forgiveness and mercy on him and elevate his status. We studied in the same college, but we were in different classes as our subjects were different. Nonetheless, we were in college at the same time and I knew him from there. From this respect, it can be said that we studied together in the same college and hence we were class fellows as there used to be a combined lesson for Urdu and we sat together in that class. Even at that time, I observed that he had many great qualities. He was always disciplined and would never be involved in mischievousness, as can be observed by some boys in their youth, nor would he disturb anyone. May God Almighty elevate his status. Allah Baksh Sadiq Sahib, Waqeel Talim in Rabbah, writes about the deceased, saying, He was a courageous and noble Ahmadi. There is an old mosque in the city of Jehlam, which had a very low ceiling and the floor was elevated from certain areas and was low from other areas. Since 1984, the conditions had become adverse as the Jamaat were not permitted to construct mosques and nor were we able to repair them. However, Raja Sahib took on the responsibility for works on the mosque with great courage and after seeking guidance from Amir Sahib, he very intelligently ensured the works were carried out and completed. Without disrupting the walls that were adjacent to the road, he ensured that the pillars of the hall were built according to the designs and very wisely constructed the roof of the mosque. For this he sacrificed his time as well as offering financial sacrifice and encouraged others to contribute as well. In this manner the mosque was renovated completely and by placing the lintel the walls of the rooms were later removed. Now by the grace of Allah there is a hall upstairs and downstairs. The fourth funeral is of respected Salih Anwar abru Sahiba who is the wife of the late Anwar Ali abru Sahib of Sindh. She also passed away on 1st of October to Allah we belong and to him shall we return. She was a brave and courageous person who fulfilled the rights due to God Almighty and the rights of his creation from an early age she was regular in offering her prayers and chanda and would fast regularly she had a true bond with khalifat when her father retired and moved to Nawab Shah from iran she would give chanda from the small pocket money she was given once an office-bearer from the centre went to Nawab Shah and said in front of the entire Lajna members that the most chanda received from Nawab Shah in Lajna was given by this young girl, i.e. this deceased. This incident was prior to her marriage. Her daughter Tahira Momin Sahiba says, After marriage, as much as God Almighty had blessed her, He also granted her a kind heart. She would always look after the poor and was very humble and meek. She would give in the way of all financial schemes that were launched and would always pledge to give the most. She served as a Sadr of Larkana district for a long period of time. Whenever she would go on an official visit, she would urge the members to offer financial sacrifices and she would be met with a positive response that her own example was pious. She was very courageous and had great honour for the Jamaat. She was married into a conventional Sindhi household which in respect to distance was far from her hometown. At the time, there was an uncivilized environment of Sindh as innovations and erroneous customs were rife. Despite this, she was an active member of society and would meet with everyone and also forge sincere relationships with the people. She looked after her relatives and her in-laws in an excellent manner. Her daughter writes that no matter where the Lajna members are, they always remember her. She writes... They would say that whenever they felt worried, she would say to them to offer salat and would stress on supplications. Then she would pray for them profusely. She kept a good relationship with everyone and was very sociable. Wherever she would go, she would forge friendships and include everyone among her circle of friends. May Allah the Almighty instill the same loyalty and sincerity among her children and may He shower His forgiveness and mercy on her. May her children also remain attached to Jamaat and Khilafat and also sacrifice in the manner she did. May Allah the Almighty accept the prayers she offered for her children. She is survived by two sons and two daughters. As mentioned earlier, after the Friday prayers, I will lead the funeral prayers in absentia of the deceased.
0: الحمد لله الحمد لله ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من the law, whom I I am the We'll let